Hi, this is Benesh Mead and welcome to the King's Place podcast. On this edition, our focus turns to the incredible Polish composer Andrzej Panufnik, who would have marked his 100th birthday this year. A one-day family celebration takes place at King's Place on the 30th of November, featuring an incredible cast of performers. On this podcast, we speak to those involved, including Jackie Dankworth, Charlie Wood, Claire Hammond, and most importantly, Andre's daughter and fellow composer, Roxana Panufnik. Let's start, though, with King's Place's artist-in-residence, the Brodsky Quartet. Paul Cassidy joined me via Skype. We've had a long association with Lutoslavsky. Through him, we were very aware of Andrei Panufnik. They were great friends, and they used to do Polish cabaret-style music under a pseudonym, the pair of them. When it got to this year being the, the centenary and so on. So wouldn't it be nice to try and celebrate the, the music of this, what seems to me, very neglected composer? He led an incredible life. I mean, one that seems slightly unbelievable. Well, exactly. It's all very well reading it in a novel. Can you imagine actually living that life? You know, just apart from anything else, imagine losing all your music. Imagine having all your music destroyed. You know, yeah, just how he ended up being here and uh, embracing the whole way of life here. But his music, you know, once we started studying it more carefully and, and indeed performing it, because often the truth of any music is in, in the performance of it. Well, one of the other great things that's happening is that you've you've recorded a, a new CD for Chandor. Not only have the, the concerts and this celebration, but you've also got a, you know, a, a great physical object for people to take away. You bet. I mean, that, that's wonderful. Something that, to my knowledge, uh, that it's, it's not like there's a whole load of them out there available, you know. And, and for this one that's been recorded in, in this rather special year, and it's, it's got Roxana's beautiful memories to her father, you know, which we've commissioned. I think it's, a, it's, it's going to be a really, it's going to be a beautiful thing. And, and for anyone who's there, as, as you say, if you go to a day like that, it, it's very, you know, it kind of puts the icing on the cake that you can, you can buy this thing, this, like a memory of the day, you know, at least an oral memory of the day. What did you discover as a, as, a, as a quartet from recording that? The colours are very clean and transparent. There's never any kind of muddiness or even, even, even when the music gets very romantic and passionate and still a, an amazing clarity about it. And, and also, you know, it, it, sounds, it sounds somewhat glib, but none of the pieces are, are like, you know, 40, 45 minutes. Everything is of a, of a beautiful length. I mean... Well, I mean, we're playing the three quartets and the two sextets in one concert. 
neither neither we nor the audience will be getting tired or fed up with hearing the same thing. Then nothing sounds the same. There's, um, for, for example, the the third quartet. The, well, the translation of the title is Origami, and it's it's a series. It's five. It's in five movements, um, but kind of played straight through. But it's five very clear movements, and each one is like a little paper cut. In, in, in his home country, th- th- there is a tradition of this sort of origami. You imagine that it comes from Japan, but <laughs> nevertheless, it's kind of like, a, like they do paper doilies, that sort of thing. And each movement is like a picture of, of, of a different paper cut, which he then translates into music in the most amazing way. The second quartet is entitled Messages, and that's a... As I understand, a, a very personal statement uh, between himself and his wife. You know, it was written for her. So, absolutely, there's no end of personality in 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 these pieces. You know, almost more than anything, I think I'm looking forward to the intimacy of the day. The fact that his remaining family will be there, closing in on the end of an amazing anniversary year. You know, we've been busy playing his music and recording everything. I know that his wife and son and daughter, and you know, they've been they've been traveling around the world to all kinds of performances of his pieces. There have been there's actually been an addition to the family. Jem's wife has produced a boy, so that that's kind of interesting. And I think that the whole the nature of the day, and uh, that's what I can't wait for. You know, and um, yeah. Maybe a nice glass of vodka around about 10 p.m. Next, pianist Claire Hammond. Um, Arzlip Knisnik is a Polish composer who came over to Britain in the 1950s. Um, he grew up in Warsaw and then went to study in Vienna and Paris and London. But when war broke out, he chose to return to Warsaw to be with his family. So he lived there throughout the Warsaw Uprising and lost many friends and his brother, Mirek, who was killed. Um, his compositions were also destroyed by a woman who moved into his flat and thought that they were just rubbish. So when he returned after the uprising, he found that his flat was standing, but that his um, compositions were no more. But then after the war, he carved out a career for himself as a composer in Warsaw, but it was very difficult under the Soviet regime. Um, and as he found it so creatively stifling, he escaped to Britain in 1954. He, he set up um, a career there, but it took a long time and was very difficult at the beginning. And then he married Camilla Panufnik in 1960 and they had Roxana a few years later.
I'm interested to know, you know, when you came across the music, what drew you to it? Um, I first performed his music in a concert at the Wigmore Hall in 2011, and I met his widow, Camilla, afterwards. Um, she was very kind, and she gave me a number of scores of his piano works to look at. On going through these, I decided I'd like to record them. Um, the music is very vividly characterised. It's quite quirky, and there's some really sort of dramatic, virtuosic parts that seem to suit my playing well. So when I was putting together the recording, I, I realised that the centenary was happening in 2014, and I thought it would be good to have a festival to commemorate that. So I've been working on my recording for this and on the festival at King's Place, sort of side by side over the past few years. I'll be performing in the first concert of the day, which is called Love Song. Uh, I'll be doing some solo piano pieces, some songs with Heather Ship by both Anshay and Roxana Panusnik. And I'll also be playing um, Anshay Panusnik's piano trio with members of the Brodsky Quartet. And then later in the day, I'll be joining Jackie Dankworth, Charlie Wood and the Brodsky Quartet for the Warsaw Cabaret evening, uh, which will be my first cabaret. So it'll be an interesting departure for me. Singer Jackie Dankworth and pianist and vocalist Charlie Wood. Jackie has a long-standing working and, and friendly relationship with the Trotsky Quartet. And so what we're doing is sort of a mixed bag and it's a um, triple reinterpreting. It's a reinterpreting of stuff fit that setting and then also sort of uh, maybe brought slightly into a, a more modern uh, setting as well. So, so who knows? We're finding it out as we go along. We're all sort of convened there with the purpose, which is this uh, 100th anniversary. Everybody is, is uh, shifting gears and doing some something that's a little bit uh, outside the box from what they normally do. It's going to be fun. How have you gone about selecting the music? Well, Ro- Roxana came over uh, with Claire Hammond and we went through all um, her, mainly her father's songs. And we just did a sort of short list and sent, sent off to her, you know, the ones that we liked. That's how it worked, really. But we're going to put some... Uh, we're going to put some songs in the 1930s repertoire, aren't we? We're going to do some... Yeah, yeah. Um, a few kind of what they call American American songbook uh, standards. From that time. Yeah, that would have been getting play as well. But it, it's mainly been a process of sort of narrowing down. I mean, uh, Roxanne and Claire are really knowledgeable and have, have loads and loads of stuff appropriate and wonderful to, to do. So it's basically, we just get to sort of cherry-pick the ones we like the most. What what sort of struck you about the, the, the music? Is the emotion very strong? Are, are the melodies really distinct? Uh, yes, to both. Extremely emotional. The, we've gotten uh, Roxana's done, and, and the lyrical content is also extremely uh, romantic and not over the top, but it's, it's very, very emotive and emotional stuff. Um, the singer is not detached from the subject matter it's it's very uh, full-on sort of music so it's you know it's exciting to to write around that because you're dealing with kind of highly charged uh, emotional issues so so you can you can't you can't really overdo it but the great melodies they aren't overly uh, clever for its own sake I mean they're very beautifully written songs but they're the main content is it's emotional. I think you probably hit the nail on the head with that. I've read some things uh, in researching and online about how the Nipsic would go down and, and uh, play little impromptu concerts in 
cellars and people's houses and little pubs and things during the occupation of, of Warsaw during the Second World War. Just because people were so desperately out of business and were closed, people were so desperate for some music, they would all get together at sort of one in the morning and light a few candles and have a concert just to do it. So they absolutely, it was not uh, a dispensable commodity in those days. It was a, it was a precious substance. And lastly, let's learn about the composer from his daughter, Roxana. He led an incredible life. I mean, how much of this were you aware of? As a child, I, a young child, I wasn't really aware of it at all. By the time I got to sort of nine, ten, and he started telling us about where he'd come from, where he'd grown up, and particularly about, you know, we were always asking him, why can't we go to Poland? And of course, that, that would have been quite dangerous for us to do. We were always really keen to find out more, and he used to give us sort of tantalizing little tastes now and again. How aware were you of his music when you were growing up? We were completely surrounded by his music. I mean, from having um, visiting musicians who were working with him to going to lots of concerts, I was trying to my children to a concert recently and I, it just made me wonder how well behaved me and my brother were at that age. No, we, we were immersed in it. I mean, music was everywhere. And have, have you and your family had to spend a, a lot of time archiving and sort of collecting together all the music that he did write? Well, luckily, thank goodness, all the pieces that he wrote, certainly since he came to the United Kingdom in 1954, are published by Boozy and Hawks. So they have everything. It's finding the photos. My mum's a professional photographer, and she's taken thousands and thousands of photos of him over the years. And, and this year, particularly in the centenary year, a lot of people have been wanting photos for exhibitions. And I know we're going to have a wonderful one in, in King's Place. I'm really looking forward to that. OK, let, let's talk about you. Was composing something that you always were going to do or, or did, did you toy with other things wanting to sort of go again, you know, the legacy, I suppose? Throughout my childhood, I never even dreamed that I would be a composer. I, I wanted to be in the medical profession. I think I wanted to be a paramedic. I wanted to be a midwife. I was really interested in all of that. But it soon became clear that um, I wasn't very academic. Actually, honestly, I was, I was quite lazy academically. And, um, and it soon became clear that, you know, composition was the only thing that I was any good at. Um, the, 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 first, the first concert's entitled Love Song. Was, was your father a, a sort of born romantic? Um, yes, I think he was. He was very chivalrous and he was very good looking. He had all the ladies swooning at his feet. And, uh, but he wrote, actually most of the works he wrote um, while he was married to my mother were dedicated to her and Love Song is no exception. Yes, he was a romantic, but people know him as somebody who, in terms of his musical style, was constantly trying to balance the emotional with the intellectual or the heart with the head. Thank you. 
in the collection of songs, as well as obviously Love Song, there's a couple of your original works, Mine Eye and Virtue. Well, Love Song is based on an Elizabethan text by Sir Philip Sidney. And we recently made a CD, Dreamscape, with Heather Ship and um, the Subito Piano Trio. And we decided to pair um, some of my Shakespeare sonnet settings with Love Song because obviously there's a sonic connection and the Elizabethan connection. And I think that has a sort of subconscious influence on my music and my father's music. And then with Virtue, Virtue was commissioned by the Park Lane Group for a memorial concert the year after he died. And it was my first sort of big publicly performed piece for voice and orchestra, but obviously we're going to hear it for voice and piano. That's very much about how normal things in nature, like flowers and and things like that, they die and that's it. But there's a sort of ongoing living legacy of love that lives forever. You mentioned earlier that there'll be some of the photos uh, on display, but I think one of the other nice things, the the screening of the film My Father, The Iron Curtain and Me. This film was made by Polish television with my brother, Jem, sort of presenting, really, it's almost a documentary, really, about him going back to Poland and investigating his Polish roots and finding out why my father felt he had to escape from Poland. And it's very moving and and really very enlightening about what it was like living in those times under the sort of communist, Soviet-influenced Polish government. OK, moving on to the next concert. This is the one that is based around the Brodsky Quartet. Yes, I mean, all of this Panufnik Day and everything actually evolved out of a tiny spark of the Brodsky Quartet commissioning me to write a piece to go with my father's three string quartets and originally it was just going to be something that was performed with them but then it turned into a recording and then this wonderful day and it's basically it's called memories of my father and it's in two movements and it can be played completely independently of my father's quartets it's designed in this context the first movement comes between the first and second quartets of my father and my father loved early music, Baroque music and Renaissance music. And the Brodsky Quartet asked me whether I would arrange some Gesualdo for them to play in this program. And actually, that's what turned into the first movement of my piece. And it's a wonderful motet, very famous motet, called um, O Vos Omnes. Amazingly chromatic for its time. And also some lovely major, minor, simultaneous harmonies, which both my father and I are very into and and have used a lot. Both um, the second and third string quartets by my father are inspired by experiences of his during his childhood in Poland. So I drew on my experiences of my childhood with him. And every year we used to go to a Greek island, a different Greek island, and rent a little villa. And my mum would make these hilarious photo stories, and they would be based on Greek myths. And my father was always Zeus in his stripy kimono. And my brother was always alternating between the Minotaur and the Dutching Prince. And I was always the, the damsel in distress. And these were a massive feature of our childhood. And so that's what the piece is about. And it's like a photo story 
there are little sections of the story and at the end of each section the music stops and it freezes as a photo is taken and it's very much based on the lovely smoky mournful Greek rebetica music that we used to hear in the tavernas and I also have them playing their violins and violas like like bazookis so I've been told it's very atmospheric. Moving on to to the last concert. We wanted to try and create a sort of cabaret evening because uh, my father, during the 1930s, before the Second World War broke out, wrote quite a lot of sort of lighter songs. And a hilarious story about how he wrote this comic song which um, called Ach Pardon, which this comedian of the day formed really successfully. But he could never hear it because he was 17 and he wasn't old enough to be let into the kind of venues where this comedian would sing it. So um, we've got some of these light songs. Also, my father wrote some film music. And we have these and we have really what would have been sung in one of those evenings, some Gershwin. There was a very famous song from a film called Habanera. We've also got um, Jackie and Charlie are arranging, very excited about this, a couple of songs. In fact, they're arranging Dad's Love Song, which we just talked about. Um, and they're arranging My Mine Eye as well. So people you know, can hear them in their original form at the beginning of the day and then hear them a la Jackie and Charlie at the end of the day. And we're going to have, we're going to try and sort of make it very sort of informal and have a bar in there and uh, have a much more sort of relaxed atmosphere. If, if your father had still been around, I mean, what would his reaction been to this, this incredible sort of showcase? He would have been thrilled. He would have been so happy. And, you know, my father, um, he really had to sort of work really hard to get accepted. And one of the most wonderful things was the year before he died, he was um, awarded a knighthood. Uh, for his services to British music. So he died knowing that he had made it and he had been accepted by the British musical establishment. And I think this would just have been the icing on the cake as an endorsement for all the wonderful music that he's written and written here in the UK. For more details about the three concerts on Sunday the 30th of November, entitled Love Song to You All and Warsaw Cabaret Evening, plus the film screening My Father, The Iron Curtain and Me, please visit the King's Place website. For the complete experience, a £30 day pass is available, which comes with a free Panufnik box set. Full details for this can also be found on the website. I'm Ben Eshmade, and you've been listening to a King's Place podcast. For more details about these events and ticket links, please visit kingsplace.co.uk. Thanks for listening.